All right, good morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah, especially when it's raining, amen? Glad you are here. Thank you so much. Great crowd this morning. We had a good time in first service. Looking forward to God speaking into our hearts. Hey, we're in the second triplet of the fruit of the Spirit. All summer long, we're going to be talking about the nine fruit of the Spirit. And we have love, joy, peace, and patience. And today's sermon title is, I Need Patience now, now I'll tell you this, since I'm, I'm going to do a different introduction, so all this doesn't matter anyway. But anyway, so I was telling David, I said, you know, David, wouldn't it be fun to just like get up on the stage and have them not start the video? And I sit here for a minute and go, would you mind starting the video, please? And watch y'all go. <laughs> did anyone ever struggle with patience before? Yeah. Now, see, I knew. When I did this series, I knew there would be some bumps along the way for me. Because, you, you know, when teachers teach, they kind of want to know what they're talking about and, like, maybe have some mastery of it in their lives. And I knew self-control was August the 22nd, and I knew that with, with self-control and food, I, you know, I knew that was going to be a difficult one for me. But I was blindsided by this. I don't know if I was on vacation mentally or what. I just didn't see this one coming because I'm going to be candid with you. On most days, I can't even spell patience. I mean, I am just not a patient person. You can ask the two people in this room that are really directly related. You can ask my wife. You can ask my daughter. Either one, and they'll tell you, Dad, you are not patient. My friend is Waze, the GPS, and I love it when he tells me, hey, there's a traffic jam up here, and I don't care if it's 40 minutes out of the way. If it'll save me from sitting in traffic for 15, I'll do it. I am just not a patient person. And, and again, I'm the poster child for the poster child of patience. And that is, can I have a witness? Who looks for the fastest line? Oh, yeah. You go to Walmart. You go to the bank. You go to the teller. You're in line with the drive through Whatever it is, all of us look for the fastest line. Which one will get us through quickly? Well, here's what I've discovered. You can't figure it out. I did a little bit of research uh, last night trying to find out, you know, well, how do you choose the fastest line? And, and what I found out was there's a science for this. I mean, there literally is are people who study this, okay? And it was so complex, I couldn't understand it. I mean, I said, I can't use this tomorrow because I don't understand what they're trying to say, okay? And there are ways, you know, you look for the fastest line. You know, you look for, you know, who might be in line, okay? Um, uh, you know, they say that, they say that senior adults sometimes are a little bit slower, okay? I are one, and they, again, they've not seen y'all drive. <laughs> Anybody thinks senior adults are slow? I know better. But anyway, they say, if you see a line with a bunch of senior adults, be careful there. Um, um, make sure your teller can see so she knows if there's a line, maybe she'll move a little bit faster. Be careful of the gender of the checker because men are generally slower than women, okay? But men, hang on in your defense. We also know you got to be careful of the chatty Cathy's in the world, you know, who think it's their job to greet every person and find out their life history as they are checking out you and your groceries or whatever, okay? And then, of course, keep an idea of what's in the, what's in the buggies, all right? If, if you look, tell me I'm not the one who does this. I look at, like, there are three buggies in front of me. I want to know what's in those buggies. Because if they're buying $9,648 worth of groceries, I don't want that line. Now, if, they, if it's packed to the top with water, that's no deal. Because you hit, you know, water and you hit, like, 15 times, and boom, you're done. Okay? So I try to have a strategy, but here's what I know. The shortest line is like chasing unicorns. You can't do it. 
You can't do it. There is no way that you can find the shortest line. And for people like me, patience seems to be like chasing unicorns. I'm 67 years old, and I've been impatient my entire life. I mean, I, I just always just an impatient, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up uh, kind of guy. And so I need God's help. I confess today, God, I need your help. And I've got a feeling I'm not by myself. And again, the wives will tell them the husbands, the husband will tell them the wife, the parents will tell them the children, and children will tell them on the parents. You know, we all need this help with patience. So, so there's a thing, you know, there's a thing called biblical patience. Because I think as Christ followers, we need to really seek out, okay, what does God say about patience? Well, here's a definition that I came up with. Um, biblical patience is the ability to patiently wait for God and on God. Let's, let's look at that real carefully. Biblical patience is the ability to patiently wait. And may I add this in there? To contently wait for God and on God. Because again, I'm a big proponent of the, the sovereignty of God in my life. I believe, you know, in Psalm 90 where it says, you know, when I was just a little mass in my mama's womb, a little baby that in the womb and did not have arms and legs yet, okay, when I was that little tiny, tiny mass, okay, he said, all my days were numbered. All my days were written by you, okay, every day. And so I really believe in the sovereignty of God. And so it's the ability to patiently wait, continually wait for God and on God. No matter what the issue is in our life, we want to confine, confine God to things like church, but God is so much bigger than that. And he wants to teach us patience on no matter what it is and to know that he is intimately involved with that. Its foundation is faith and its strength is endurance. So we find, we find in patience, we find at the bottom of patience, we find faith and its strength is endurance. Now here's what I'm already finding out. I've got a suspicion. I've got a suspicion that as we go through the summer, as we go through these nine fruit of the Spirit... We're going to find out that they are like building stones that they stack on top of one another. And here's what I've already figured out. You know, if you, if you, you know, get a hold of God's love, unlimited and unconditional, if you get the idea of joy, okay, um, trust in God and faith in His sovereign will, okay, when you get that, and then, then you get this, this, this idea of peace, okay, that you go through life, you have peace. What I'm discovering is when those three things fall in line, guess what's connected? Patience. Patient is just connected. It's just amazing. You know, there's a guy named George Mueller. And George Mueller was a teacher, pastor, and a humanitarian, if you will, in the late 19th century. And this is a really good story. And so George Mueller lived in England, and he saw the hungry kids um, in England, so he started an orphanage. I mean, it was big. It was big. And he was a great man of faith. Story after story after story is told of George Mueller and how that, you know, he would go to bed at night and there'd be no food for the orphans. No food. You didn't know how he was going to feed them. And so he would get on his face before God and cry out to God, God, these are your children. And we know that you love the orphan and the widows. And he would pray that somehow God would provide food the next morning for these kids to eat. And time and time and time again, a knock would come on the door, five, five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. A baker would be standing there with a basket full of bread and say, I cooked extra today. Can you use, use it to feed the kids? It's just an amazing, wonderful story, and it's true over and over and over again. Well, George Mueller also had a concern for people, adults. And so he had five friends 
who had not yet met Jesus Christ as Savior. So he decided to make a commitment to pray for these five people. I'm assuming they're all men. I did not know that. But let's just for the sake of the story. He decided, he committed to pray for these five men, praying that God would save their souls. So he prayed. Now, you know how we do it, don't you? You know, we pray one time, and if God doesn't answer in 23 hours, he's unfaithful. And we quit. Well, it was five years. Somebody say five years. Yeah, it, it was five years before the first man trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. And George kept praying. And so he prayed for another five years. And two more of his friends trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. He kept praying. It was 25 years more. And finally, the fourth man trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. And George kept praying. He prayed until the day he died. And shortly after his death, the fifth man trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. All in all, George prayed for 50 years. Somebody say 50 years. Now you think about that. You let that soak in. 50 years before he saw God's promise and fulfillment of those prayers. Praying for these five men to be saved. I, that story is so amazing. Well, how, how can we start developing that kind of patience and that kind of waiting on God? Well, in Psalm 27, verse number 14, uh, there's a great... I've, I've named this the patience sam- sandwich. I'm going to write a story about it probably this week on my blog. Okay? The patience sandwich. Now, you can see it clearly. You know, you have a... You know, with sandwich, you do know sandwiches, don't you? You, you have a slice of bread... And then you have a slice of bread, and you have something in the middle, okay? And personally, I'm a big sandwich fan, and I love stuff in the middle, okay? So, but here, here, the psalmist says, wait patiently for the Lord. So, so here on the top or on the bottom, okay, we have our first slice of bread, and it simply says, wait, not just wait now, wait patiently for the Lord. You've got to go longer than 23 hours, you may have to go longer than a few years. Some of you ladies are playing, praying for your husband to be saved. Some of you are praying for your children to come back. Some of you are praying for different things in your life. It's not a short-term deal. You've got to wait patiently on the Lord. And then you've got this thing in the middle. And it seems almost, huh? Be brave and courageous. And then you put the other top of bread on it and it says it again. Yes, wait patiently, not just waiting, wait patiently for the Lord. Well, what is this brave and courageous? Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes waiting is the most brave and courageous thing you can do. Sometimes waiting, sometimes being patient is the most brave and courageous thing you can do. Well, let's say you're waiting on a biopsy report. From the doctor. Let's go back. Let's go back. And let's say your name is Moses. And you've got over a million people right here. And over over here. You've got Pharaoh's army coming in. Over here. You've got the Red Sea. What do you do? Well Moses waited on the Lord. So the most brave and courageous thing we can sometimes do. Is wait on the Lord. It's sometimes very difficult. Now, one of Brent's favorite scriptures 
It's Joshua 1.9. We preached on one time. And man, dude, remember we just talked about it. It was in our conversations all the time in the office. We were talking about Joshua 1.9. Now listen, here is Joshua. He's taken over from Moses. And, and he looks, and there's the, there's the Jericho River. And over there are cities that need to be conquered. And man, Joshua's pondering this. Here's what Joshua 1.9 says. Have I not commanded you? In other words, haven't I instructed you? Haven't I promised you? Haven't I told you? And by the way, that message would be for us today. If we're sitting there and we're frightened and we're impatient and we're having a difficult time waiting, wouldn't he say, haven't I promised you? Haven't I spoke to you? Haven't I claimed you? Aren't you, aren't you mine? Haven't I redeemed you? Haven't I rescued you? Am I not your God? He would say, have I not commanded you? Be strong, he would say, and of good courage. For, excuse me, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Now, often, again, while we're waiting, we get afraid. We what if things to death. A lot of you whiff what if during 2020. Come on, let's just be candid. A lot of you what if during 2020. A lot of us what if when our future, we just don't know what the future holds. And frankly, your pastor gets dismayed. Ask the lady I'm married to. When I'm having to wait, I often get dismayed. Well, God says, don't. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. How about that? How about that? So, so we can have patience if we're willing to trust God because God will be with us. Wait, wait, wait. God will be with us in the waiting room. Regardless of what that waiting room looks like, God promises that He will be with us. So you see, there is there's waiting, and then there's patiently waiting. There's waiting, and then there's patiently waiting. Now, again, I, I don't mind being transparent. I was in the, the bathroom putting on my mic this morning, and John Carr said, You know what I really appreciate, Brother Dwayne, about your, your blog? I said, what? And he said, well, you're not afraid to make yourself the blunt, brunt, if you will, of the truth that's being taught. I said, you know what? The truth is the truth. You've got a pastor who's pretty frail and pretty fragile, okay? So, but there is waiting. And that's me. I don't, I don't have a problem waiting. It's how I wait. You know, we were down, we were down in the um, Southern Baptist Convention with 16,000 of our closest friends. And we, I don't do crowds, okay? I'm just not a crowd person. You know, I, I just don't do that. So, so we had to register along with 16,000 of our closest friends. And so first there was a line. Can somebody say, oh my? Yeah, there was a line for the people waiting to get in the line, okay? And there was, only, there was not three lines waiting to get in line. There was one line, so I had no choice for that one. So, so the person said, I guess they saw the frustration on my face. They said, oh, don't worry, it's moving pretty quickly. Not fast enough. Not fast enough. So about 15 minutes later, we made it into the place where the line began. So this line made it to the place where the line began. And so there were two lines in there. And I should have followed my instincts, but I did not. Okay, over here was a shorter line. Okay, it obviously was. They had those things like Disney World that go back and forth like this. Okay, well, this one wasn't too wide. It was probably as wide as there to the wall, okay, and about 10 or 6 rungs deep, 15 maybe, you know. So I'm going, oh, okay. And, and the person said, oh, this is the guest line. But today, good deal for you, GI, okay. Hey, for today, everybody can get in this line. 
Well, I'm looking going, you think I'm going to get in that line? It was like, like long. What I didn't know was the guest line only had two checker people. And this line had like ten checker people. Can you guess what happened? Yeah, this line is moving really slow. And I'm watching as people, wait a minute, wasn't he back? Y'all do this? Wait, hey, how did he, wait, it's kind of like when you go to the restaurant and everybody gets their food, but you, you know, wait, how did you get there? And I'm just, <laughs> that's how I wait. Let me give you three things about Dwayne's waiting. First off, there's the sigh. <sighs> Can I have a witness? <sighs> you know, then there's the craning neck. And so here's the crowd that's in line in front of you and you're going, and everybody's going, what's wrong with that dude? Dude, I'm impatient. I'm impatient. And then there's the coaching. Now, I will, you'll be proud of me because I did not coach out loud. I, I can sometimes coach inside. So we had a family in front of us. And, and I just like telling stories, by the way. And so there's a family in front of us. And they have one of those 14-foot-long baby carriages. You know, and so they're trying to turn the corners. And again, it's very tight. And, and then they're all chatty Cathy's and they're have Cathy's. They're just having a good time chatting and talking. And as they're chatting and talking, they're not paying attention. And the line would move on like seven feet. And there'd be this big gap. And I wanted to go, we are not practicing social distancing. Get it on. I mean, I wanted it. I wanted it bad. For them. Now listen, here's the crazy part. If they had moved on, it would have gotten me to the counter any faster. It just bothered me that they weren't paying attention and they weren't like this. I'm so frustrated. Well, there's waiting. And then there's Judy. Then there's patiently waiting. I married the wrong woman because she's sitting there just wrapped up in God's love. God loves us. God's in charge. Her joy level's great. Faith in God. Now, Dwayne, and I think you said this. Dwayne, God's got this now. Don't worry. God's got this. I wanted to say, yeah, your preacher preached that. That doesn't mean he believes it, okay? (laughs) He preached it. Not sure he believed it. God's got this. And then she's got this serene. And I mean, you know, Judy, she really has this serene look on her face, just as peaceful as could be. And that's, that's the difference. There is waiting and there is patiently. Waiting. It's not, and you're going to hear this in a quote at the very end. Don't miss that quote. There is waiting and there is patiently waiting. But, but that means trusting God even when circumstances haven't changed or don't change. You know, we are patiently waiting when we trust God even when circumstances haven't changed or they don't change. In other words, when the line isn't moving, you trust God. When the line isn't moving, you act godly. You act godly. And when, and when the line does move, you, you thank God and celebrate, but you don't over-celebrate. You see, the bottom line is, the bottom line is, we just trust God. We just act godly. Now, now there's, there's this thing I call the big why. Okay, Dwayne. Why should we be patient? Well, again, God kind of like recommends it, so it's probably a good idea. But, but why should we be patient? Well, the, the prophet Isaiah, this is one of those scriptures you find on coffee mugs a lot. 
You know, Isaiah 40, 31. Okay? Here's what it says. In Isaiah 40, 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And those who patiently wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, again, I want you to see this, okay? See that word renew? It's like refreshment. It's like refreshment. You remember uh, Psalm 23? You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. When, when we choose to wait on God, when we choose to patiently wait on God, it's like we enter an oasis and we find refreshment there. I know that particular day, Judy was much more refreshed than me. I thought, I felt like I had gone 13 rounds in a boxing ring. I was all wadded up, okay? She wasn't. And the difference is patiently waiting impatiently waiting. You see, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who don't wait on the Lord shall not renew their strength. Do you remember a story about a big group of people we talked about earlier? The million people that Moses was leading. And remember they ended up in the wilderness for 40 years? They didn't do too well, did they? See, they got impatient on God and they started saying things like, we should have stayed in Egypt. Why have you brought us out to this wilderness? And that's exactly what happens when we choose to wait, but not wait on God. On God. See, God doesn't... You need to know this. You need to know this. You need to know this. God does not waste suffering. God does not waste waiting. Waiting. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. So sometimes, sometimes, waiting is about timing. Sometimes God puts you in the waiting room for a particular time. And it has to do with the timing of your life. Um, I was sitting, I was 17 years old. Uh, almost didn't get to preach this message. I was 17 years old. I'd been working on a motorcycle. And frankly, did I tell you I've been patient, impatient all my life? I was very impatient. I was going to the motorcycle shop, going across the road, Brent, to get uh, to the other side. Um, that's why chickens cross the road, and that's why I did I need to go to the other side. And so we're sitting there at the stop sign. And, and I said in first service it was four lanes. I think it was two. I think it was two. But it was a very busy highway. So I waited and I waited and I waited. And finally, I just pulled out. And it was close. And it was a tanker truck. It would not have ended well. And it was close. I made it across by the grace of God. I pulled into the parking lot and went inside the motorcycle shop. And the guy said, so how you doing? I said, I'm having a pretty bad day. He looked at me and said, bud, it could have been a lot worse. He saw it. He saw it. That's how close it was. Just like a good driver. I, don't, I didn't see the truck. I wasn't looking for out in front of the truck. I didn't see the truck. I got, so, ooh, ooh, I got so impatient I got blind. Have you ever got so impatient you got blind? Blind, and you made a bad decision because you were blind? That's what happened to me. So, so sometimes waiting is about timing. Uh, sometimes it's about preparing. You know, anybody go on trips? I know you do. 
And, you know, there's two ways to pack. You can pack patiently or you can pack in a hurry. And it seems to me every time I'm in a hurry and I pack, I leave something I need behind. And so God might be preparing you for something. He says, be patient. Get everything you need for the journey. We want to act rashly and quickly. And if we do, we're going to leave some things behind that God wants us to have. If we'll be patient, though, he's preparing us for a better journey. And then sometimes it's about resting. Often, Judy and I will leave on a trip, and we'll drive two or three hours, Brent, in the evening. And, and, but I come home from work. I'm tired. I say, Judy, give me 30 minutes. Because I know if I take 30 minutes to rest, the next four hours are going to go a lot better. So sometimes, you know what? We just need to rest. Sometimes God is saying, take a nap. Take it easy. Rest. See, we think God is just, you know, not doing his job. He is. It's about timing. It's about preparing. It's about resting. But here's what, here's what you need to know. But it's always about trusting God. If you are in a situation of waiting right now, mark it down. Number one, somewhere on that list, it is always about trusting God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So let God lead you. Don't be afraid of waiting. Rather, embrace it. Now, the big why part two Okay, is this. The, the prophet Isaiah goes on and gives us part two. I'll tie it together for you. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. You know, this is so cool. You know, eagles are great flyers. But you know what they're really good at? Soaring. Soaring. They put those wings out, and sometimes six, seven, eight foot wingspread, and they simply let the air beneath them carry them. And, and, the, and the prophet is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you'll wait on the Lord, you're going to renew your strength. You're going to be just like an eagle who doesn't flap his wings all the time. He learns to soar. And when God puts us in situations where we need to learn patience, he's teaching us to soar. Amen? He's teaching us to soar. Now, 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 they shall run and not be weary. A lot of animals run. Okay? Did you know a cheetah can run between 60, are you ready? 60 and 80 miles an hour. How about that? But he can only do it for 20 to 30 seconds. That's why he's got to creep up to the animal he's going to try to get and be able to attack like that. Longer than that, he runs out of gas. The lion, the king of the jungle, who interestingly lives on plains and prairies, not in the jungle, but the lion, the king of the jungle, he can do 50 miles an hour. I couldn't find a a time or distance. It just simply said, a short while. If I was being chased by a lion, I'd like to know how long I've got How long do I have? But for a short while. But here's what's interesting. How many of you have heard of the African painted dog? Yeah, I saw one or two hands. Great. Yeah, y'all need to watch more of this nature stuff. Okay? They're a real thin, long-legged dog. Um, They're really good in the pack. Their hunting success is like 80% because they work together. That's a great lesson for the church, by the way. But, But these painted dogs... With the lungs capacity they have and the heart capacity they have, they can run about 37 miles an hour for three miles. Three 
miles. And, and they can run miles and miles and miles and miles beyond that at about 12 or 13 miles an hour. See, they, they, learn, they learn to run and not be weary. The cheetah grows weary, the lion grows weary, but the pan dog has patience, has endurance. And then, and then the, song, the prophet says, they shall walk, these people, they shall walk and not faint. You know, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, he says, now look, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. Redeem your time because the days are evil. And, and if we will wait on the Lord, then we're going to learn how to walk in Him and with Him. Listen, this, this, you know I know? This stuff is game changers. This stuff is game changers. It will change me. And it can change us. Change me and it can change us. So, from Adrian Rogers, here's the teaching truth. The truth is, and it's derived from him, you know, the truth is, have you noticed this? You'll never see a fruit factory. You'll see a processing factory, but you don't see a fruit factory, a factory that produces apples, a factory that produces oranges. You'll never see a fruit factory. Um, shirt factory, yes. Fruit factory, no. You cannot manufacture patience, at least not biblical patience, okay? It is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, let me pause here and say it one more time. All nine of these fruit that we are looking at throughout the summer, if you're a Christ follower, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, these nine things are in you. They simply need to be practiced, released, and matured. Okay? So, so it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not made. It is given, practiced, and it is matured. So we can do that. So, so we don't have to worry about manufacturing this. We simply need to let it go. Now, so how's it, where do these fruit grow? Well, they grow in the orchard. The orchard of patience. Now listen, watch this. The orchard where patience grows may be trying and difficult. Is that not true? If you've ever waited, if you've ever waited, if you've ever waited, you know this truth. You know waiting can be difficult. It can be trying. And it can be hard. But look what it says. Its fruit is sweet and worth the wait. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can learn a little bit more of this before I die. Because I've got a, a suspicion that this is the fruit I want to experience. Now, I, again, I'm just being as candid as I can. I wrestle with this patience thing. But I want to know how sweet the fruit is of learning to wait and wait and wait and trust God. And trust God. Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, he says, you know, not only that, he says, but we glory in tribulations. Now, you remember, remember James said we should rejoice in tribulations. Paul's version says we should glory in tribulations. So, Dwayne, so, so why should I be thankful for situations where God is making me wait? What's the deal? Here's the deal. We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. Or endurance. Or patience. So we should embrace tribulation. Not see it as an obstacle but an opportunity. Okay? Knowing that tribulation produces patience. And that's good. That's good. You know, it, we live a, a less stressed life if we learn to be patient. But it doesn't stop there. Perseverance 
produces character. And character, it produces hope. See, patience is bigger than we think. We think looking for the shortest line and not being impatient when we're in the wrong line. But God says, no, 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 no. It's bigger than that. Because you're a Jesus follower. And, and, and because you know, you're, you're involving God in all your waiting. No, no. Then you understand, see, that God allows this tribulation to come so he can teach us patience. And oh, oh, oh by the way, patience is going to help develop your character. Oh, 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 and by the way, your character is going to develop your hope. And that's a big deal. Isn't that a big deal? Amen. It sure is. It sure is. You know, this will make you a better parent, better husband, better wife, better employee better boss, you know, whatever it is, it'll make you a better person. Oh, by the way, you reckon this works in sports? You better believe it does. You better believe it does. You can take this to the ball field, and it works. And it works. So, in Galatians 5, 9, Paul says this. He continues his thought and says this. And let us not grow weary. Let us not grow tired. Let us not grow impatient um, of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. So if we'll just wait on God, if we'll patiently wait on God, we won't grow weary. We won't grow impatient, okay? Rather, in due season, we'll rise. In due season, we will reap. You remember Galatians 4.4? 4? You know, it's kind of like a, it's the gospel in a nutshell kind of thing. You know, Paul wrote to the Galatian church and said this, In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. In the fullness of time. Did you ever figure out why God chose 2,000 years ago? Why, why didn't he send Jesus back when David was alive? Because the time was right then. And look at me. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's breaking your heart. I don't know what you're fearful of in the future. But God's got this. His timing is always perfect. And don't get weary. Don't quit. You know, Jesus got a shirt that says, when you're thinking about quitting, remember why you started. Don't grow weary. Listen, we are going to reap, but we must not give up. We must not quit in the process. In fact, there's a story, you know, another guy. You remember a guy named Abraham? You understand Abraham was a pagan? He was. He didn't believe in God. In fact, he didn't know about God. And, And one day, this God, this this God talked to him and said, Hi, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I know you're 75 years old, but I want you to pick up all your household goods and I want you to go to a place where you don't know. Can you imagine telling that to your wife? Can you imagine explaining that to your children? He didn't have any, but can you imagine explaining that? A God who he didn't know spoke to him and told him to go to a place he's never been. And then he said, Oh, and by the way, I know you don't have any kids. But one day you're going to be the father of many nations. So many that the stars in the sky can't be counted, neither can your descendants. Abraham looked at Sarah and said, man, you're old. And she looked at him and said, you're old. But he obeyed. He went. And he went. And he went. And he fumbled the ball a couple of times, but he kept walking. Do you remember how long... Abraham waited on God to keep his promise? Yeah, 20, 25 years. He, he was 75 when he left Harlem, and he was 100 years old. You may talking about faith. That's faith. He was 100 years old when him and Sarah 
at Isaac. How about that? How long are you willing to wait on God? Now, God is God faithful? I mean, he's real faithful. If he said it, he'll do it. If he said it and he means it, he'll do it. He means it. He'll do it. But you've got to be willing to wait on him. So then, in Galatians 5, he says, well, we'll wait now. So, so then, as we have opportunity, okay, along the way, Abraham did, but, but as we have opportunity, let's do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. Especially those. Um, patience is not just something that, that benefits the checker out at the Walmart store. Patience is your benefit to your family, to your wife and your children. Patience is good for the church. The church. Here's how Paul wrote it. Be completely humble and gentle. We'll talk about gentleness in just a week or two. Be patient. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. You see those words, bearing with one another? You know what that means in the Greek? You know how it literally translates from the Greek to put up with. See, instead of casting rocks at people of the faith, of the household, the family of God, we need sometimes just to put up with people. You need to do that with your husband. I know he didn't take the garbage out again. I know she didn't wash her clothes again. I know the kids didn't mow the grass again. But you don't disown them. You don't chasten them. Sometimes you just learn to put up with them. I mean, God puts up with me. God puts up with you. Put up. And then you do it. How? How do we put up with them? I, I just can't stand that guy. I just don't. I, I don't know what I'm going to. Do. I can't stand her. I know I married her, but I can't stand her. No, you do it in love. In love. Remember, I told you, love, joy, peace, patience. You love one another. You're patient with one another. You put up with one another in love. In love. I try not to quote too many dead people. But this is a good guy. Don't even know who he is. I know he's from way back when. But uh, just a great quote about patience. It's, it's really rich. You know, he said, you know, godly patience is a submission to his sovereignty. In other words, you know, when we truly are having you know, godly patience, we're honestly understanding that this whole thing is about God and you. That just because you're at work, you don't exclude God. Just because you're not on the ball field, you exclude God. Just because this, you don't exclude God. God, there's only one world, and God is over it all. Okay? So, godly patience is submission to his sovereignty. To endure a trial simply because we cannot avoid it is not Christian patience. It's like the pastor who says, Well, I went to church four weeks in grown. Somebody says, You have to go to church or the preacher. They pay you to. There's nothing in that. But what about? What about? When we endure trials because we've got no choice. Hmm. But to humbly submit to God's sovereignty, to humbly submit because it is the will of God to inflict a trial. In other words, what you're going through, believing in the sovereignty of God is difficult, that God has inflicted a trial, or and then to be silent because the sovereignty of God orders it, that's true patience. 
I mean, I'm patient. I just whine about it. I got a plaque on my wall that says, Thou shalt not whine. I'm the king of the whiners. But Stephen Charnock said, Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not patience. No, patience is when you humbly submit, even though it's a difficult trial. Godly patience is when, you know, you be silent. Be silent because the Son of God orders it. That's godly patience. And by the way, that's the patience that gets people's, the world's attention. Dude, how can you handle this so calmly? And you get the opportunity to explain it. It's not me. It's God. It's God. David was a man after God's own heart. King David. And, um, yeah. So when he was a teenager... The prophet shows up at his house. They have a little party. And um, he's finally invited. He wasn't invited at first, but his dad brought him in from the field and said, oh, yeah, I've got one more son. And it's David. He's a young guy. And the prophet Samuel anoints him um, as the king of Israel. And the problem is, is that Israel already had a king. His name was Saul. And so Saul gets wind that David's been anointed king and all the people are liking him and not liking Saul. And so Saul starts chasing him around Israel, around Judea. You know how long? How long? 15 years. Now, that's 15 years. That's 15 years of not waiting in a condo in Florida with the air conditioning on. It's not 15 years in a condo in Florida waiting for God to do something. It's a man, a madman chasing you, doing his very best to kill you. And you know it's all because God said, I'm going to make you king. You are king. I've anointed you as king. You just don't get the throne yet. So finally, Saul dies after 15 years. He's killed in conflict. And David becomes king of most everything. There were still some people in, in Israel that hated him. And so it would be another seven and a half years before David is finally king of it all. Twenty-two and a half years, Brent, of waiting on God to keep his word. Did he keep his word? He did. Probably not as fast as David would have liked, but he kept his word. And that's what you need to hear. Listen, God is faithful. He's going to keep his word. Trust him. Trust him. All right, let me give you three quick questions. Okay? Number one, so what are you waiting on right now? What what life event are you waiting on right now? Is it retirement? Maybe you're single and you're waiting to be married. Maybe you're childless and you're waiting for a child. What major event is it? I was chatting with David this week, and, you know, in in two and a half years, I'm going to be 70 years old. Those words don't even sound right coming out of my mouth. Yesterday, we celebrated our 21st year with you. 21 years. So I don't know. I'm I'm saying, okay, God, how long long do you want me to be here? Um, How long, God? Because I'm going 70. That's really old, God. You know, people like young pastors, not old pastors. 21 years, God, that's a long time. A lot of pastors don't get to do that. So I'm just wondering, God, what's next on the horizon? 
So what are you waiting on? What, what's your next life event that you're waiting on? Okay. The second question is this. You know, is it an act of patience or a growing sense of frustration? Are you patiently waiting or are you frustratedly waiting? Which one is it? Are you trusting God in waiting? Are you trusting you in waiting? And the last thing is this. What are you going to do as you patiently wait? What are you going to do as you patiently wait? Can I give you some suggestions, three of them? Um, number one is, for the time being, if you're, if you're waiting right now, and you've not, you've not heard from God, I'm assuming it's not a sin you're talking about. I can tell you what to do with sin. Um, it's not wait. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a holding pattern, you're circling the airfield. If you're in the doctor's office, you know, metaphorically speaking, and, and you're waiting there, okay, and you're saying, okay, just keep doing. Just keep doing life. Keep trusting God. Keep doing what God's called you to do for the present. Number two, listen for the whisper. Here's what I've learned in about 45 years as a believer. Um, God whispers more than he shouts. So, So you keep doing what you're doing, and you listen for the whisper. Now, that may mean closing off the den of the world, but you just keep listening for the whisper. And then, and then... When the whisper comes, you obey it. No matter how crazy, no matter how what, you obey it. Keep doing what you're doing. Listen for the whispers. Obey when it comes. And that's what God wants you to do. Well, I've spilled my soul. I really... I really hope this is practically helpful to you. Because I know us. I know us well. And we wrestle with this impatient thing. We just wrestle with it. So I hope today that you will leave here today. First off, if I've not gone to the cross today. If you're here today and you are here and you're saying, wait, I thought I was going to hear about Jesus. Well, I mentioned it several times. But this is what Jesus is all about. God did love the world so much. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So my friend Brent's going to be standing down front. All you do is come down and say, okay, I didn't get a lot about Jesus today, but I got enough to know this. I want to know him. I figured out today that what Dwayne's talking about, what the pastor talked about, is not about you know, performance, it's not about works. It's bigger than religion. It's bigger than church. And it's Jesus. We'll be glad to answer your questions about Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're like me. You struggle with this. And maybe it'd be a good day to come to the altar. Or maybe right there make your altar. You just tell God, God, I wrestle with this. You know, I just, I just struggle with this. Would you help me? And the, the cool thing is, you know, you've been mentioning the Holy Spirit, and I really appreciate that. Because, again, the Holy Spirit will help you. What he wants you to do is he wants you to surrender that impatience to him so that patience can grow and mature. And you'll find that in prayer and the Word. Spending time with God. You'll find that. Find that path to patience through the path of the cross and the path of the Word. Let's pray.
Would you bow your heads right there? Father, I really thank you for the privilege of sharing this today. I know this message was for me. I'm glad we did the nine fruit of the Spirit, and I'm glad we didn't omit any of them. Because this one was for me. But it's also for my brothers and sisters in Christ. We wrestle. We struggle with waiting on you. We wrestle and we struggle with patience. So God, all I know to do is to tell us, to tell you, that we just cry out for your mercy and your grace and your strength. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that when I was saved and when we were saved, you put the fruit of the Spirit of patience in our lives. Now help us to let it free free by trusting in you. If there's someone here who needs Jesus, oh, let today be that day. May they discover the wonder and power of your grace. Jesus, I want to pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.